You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. That was a pregnant pause. I, th- I thought you were going to throw I, us for a loop. Was I just too loud? It might have... Discord might not have picked me yeah. up or something. No, there was just a... You just, you it just was a hesi- loaded pause. You just hesitated like something something was coming down the barrel. Oh, I feel like I jumped in when I usually do. Well, maybe... Well, hey, you know what? It's a new year. Have we a experienced a time hiccup? It's a new year. Things things work a little differently on odd years. New year, <laughs> new hiccups. New year, new hiccups. New new signs, new omens. I saw uh, some. D- I don't know oh, about you. Yeah, I saw. Well, I well, I heard one. But what what sign did you see? Uh, this well, is Gordy, by the way, the other one. Who, <laughs> in case you didn't catch oh, that. Oh, that's that's not important. <laughs> we are almost at four hundred episodes. If they don't know now, they're never gonna know. This could be someone's first, which might be a, a terrible decision on their part, but, you know. Any one of our episodes is a terrible decision for your first episode. <laughs> but it There's is it, it is like putting a band-aid on only to rip it off afterwards, and you're good after that. Uh, anyway, yeah. omens. Yeah, what sign did you see? Uh, this is less for the world itself and more just a trend that I have noticed and am starting to dislike and it is for the store barnes and noble yeah still still around and it's happened twice now and that is enough to be a trend and i don't like it there is a new store layout happening in some of their stores um i noticed it first when i went to my aunt's wedding over the summer in a uh small massachusetts town and what I presumed was the case there was that they had just subsumed a smaller bookseller and mm. just, like, used the layout that came with the store um, because it was very disorganized and just kind of hodgepodge and, like, shelves just jutting out in right angles, like, a lot of L-shaped shelves and just not a lot of good traffic for walking around in the store. Like, just very, very odd layout for a store. Yeah. And... <clears throat> then it happened again yesterday and it was a much bigger store so it seems intentional and it is insanity now what was it like it's super bright they have the lights super bright in there and it feels like a labyrinth is swallowing you mm-hmm. as you're walking around <laughs> which is not a pleasant shopping experience <laughs> so it's like all all used bookstores Yes, but on purpose, not, <laughs> and not, not just in, out of... <laughs> not in a charming way. Yeah, <laughs> not just out yeah. of like the flustered owner's desperation to keep up with the influx of used books. Yeah, like I'll, I'll accept that layout in a used bookstore, because you also go in there 
with the thrill of discovery. Sure. You're not necessarily like looking for something specific. You might like have right. a couple of things where you're going to keep an eye out. And if you see them, yoink. Um, yeah, I I entered this bookstore with intent. And it took me like 10 minutes just to get to the section I wanted to get to. What was yeah, your in- intended direction? Sci-fi fantasy, as always. Yeah. It was behind the romance section or something. Like, it was in a very odd spot also. Not where you would anticipate this genre to be placed so it was kind of a puzzle just to solve this barnes and noble they do carry puzzles is, <laughs> is this just another offering as an escape room <clears throat> experience are they trying to get that going it did have that vibe this is like when corporations try to wear the mask of like small town authenticity it all it just always feels very off and weird it's unpleasant for everyone involved like even yeah. the even the people working there were having trouble navigating the store that they are probably in every day of the week. Like I was trying to watch them for strats of how to get around and I could not discern any. Was it regular books that were there? Yeah. I left with two regular books. This is, this is very, uh, very Borgesian. (laughs) Anyway, that's my story. Also the holidays were fine. I don't know if anyone has anything they want to share. <clears throat> about yeah. the, the finale of 2023 glad to see it gone <laughs> put, it, put it in the toilet get the new one out <clears throat> which has become unnervingly the refrain of every year just glad <laughs> glad to see this one go let's try it again yeah 2023 wasn't too bad for me which is maybe the first time in a long time that that's been the case it was definitely very stressful it's it's less like individual impact that uh i am feeling but the the gradual descent towards something there is like a a wariness that accompanies the new year celebration at this point yeah i think it used to just be you you see the ball drop everybody has a good time you're stuck in Times square for 18 hours or whatever it is and now and now you gotta you gotta greet the new year with side eye Maybe it's just something that comes with age, but I don't even consider it a celebration anymore. I I don't either. I just say it's happy just an new event. Year. I say happy new year, comma, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily consider it a celebration, but I do try and like take the day as a reset. Like there's that Yeah um superstition <clears throat> that how you spend the first day of the year is, is how uh, it sets the tone for the rest of the year, so I try and like be very intentional about it. Uh, at least touch all the things that I would like to be doing throughout the year. What was your intent this year? Um, so a friend of mine has this really like this isn't like funny bits stuff, so sorry to bring <laughs> this down, but uh, my friend has a really cool um, thing that she does where she picks a word. It is going to be the focus for the year. So instead of a resolution, it's kind of a, interesting, an overarching word. And I really like that. So I picked courage for mine this year because I think that's the thing that holds me back is the lack of courage in a lot of areas of my life. So, um, and yeah, I just kind of touched on a lot of things, um, working towards certain goals, storytelling things, you know, pet the cat, all of that. So not very exciting uh, but not not very doomsday either. So, so yeah. this is like every year when I whispered 
street racing into my car's tailpipe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that this is probably concerning, but um, it's been seven days and I already don't remember what the fuck I did. Oh, for the, the, the day. Yeah. It's concerning that it's been seven days. <laughs> of a new year already. Yeah. Like, I feel like this week just kind of got eaten. It, it did. It is it is snowing here, which is nice. And that, and that is uh, my, my sign for the new year is written in the snow on the roof across from me. What's oh. written there? It is exactly... On, on the roof, across from my window, it is exactly mm-hmm. making the shape of LBJ's face. And that's good, and we like that. It's, I'm not saying it's good or not. It ju- that just is, it's, it's very distinct. It's, it's Maybe good for all the Linden heads out there. Great society might be coming back. Finally. Who, who knows? Well, let's start this podcast off on a strong foot this year. Oh, was I, I think... supposed to pick like a, str- a strong story? <laughs> yeah, and you did, right? Well, I have kind of a lot of stories for the price of one. Does that kind count? of a grab bag? Yeah, yeah. Our listeners can pick their flavor for the year. Uh, yeah, this this way, like, I'm not setting an omen or a portent for you if you use this podcast as a predictor of your year's trajectory for whatever reason. <laughs> um, there are a lot of them and whichever one resonates with you, that's your new year sign. Um, so this is Tsuro no Onagashi and it's many related variations from Japan. Uh, this is suggested to us by Fry and it is sourced from Wikipedia because it is very difficult to find translated versions of the story anywhere so what does that mean um that means that we have the opportunity to also add our own stanky flavor to a few things because i am working off of a wikipedia summary of a story (laughs) and then like the things that i absorbed from uh, hunting down a potential full version of the story from various blogs that I do not cite, but um, <laughs> I don't like pull from them directly either. They just added a little clarification to some sure. things. So um, thanks, blogs. Thanks. Really, it's just like one piece of clarification that I needed. <laughs> um, that one was just absorbed in research mode, but not <clears throat> referred back to. Um, so, so is this the first instance of this? Where you have a, taken a summary from Wikipedia? <laughs> quite possibly, because I do try to avoid that. Like, I have had yeah. to to nod out of a few stories just because of not being able to find the, the story version of the story in English accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, but the variants on this one are pretty wild, and with all of them combined, plus our What the Folklore Stank, um, I think we have enough material in this particular case. Uh, most of the time, I just have like the one story, and it's a tiny summary, and that's not not going to be enough for us to like riff on. Um, but there's enough here, I think. <laughs> sure. Well, all right then. So thank you, Fry, for the suggestion. Uh, and let's get into this grab bag of tales. <laughs> 
All right, so the the primary one, it's Suro no Onagashi, and I may be pronouncing that incorrectly, and I apologize to all of Japan. Um, but it means Crane's Return of a Favor, according to Japanese folklorist Keigo Seki, um, and because it's English Wikipedia, I'm hoping that that is the correct order of the names, the last name first, because <laughs> it was presented in both ways with no real indication of cool. which was the actual correct way. Even the um, name's a grab bag. Yeah, like, so pick your pick your flavor. Um, uh, this person lived from 1899 to 1990, so good long folklorist life, and uh, stated that the crane's return of a favor is among the best known in Japan about supernatural and enchanted spouses, which is great. I just wish that that also translated to having translations available anywhere <laughs> elsewhere yeah yeah not best known outside of japan secret best known folktale that's an additional superlative that we can add to it <laughs> the most secret best known folktale <laughs> of this particular type um so the source for wikipedia's summary of this is folktales of japan in 1963 by keiko seki uh, which you can like download for money from places, uh, but we have Wikipedia, so uh, the story apparently shots it gets started by the crane getting shot down by hunters and a man saving it. Okay. Uh, if you'd like, we can decide how the man saves the crane. Fist fight with the hunters, and with the wound. <laughs> Yeah, punches the wound right out of the crane. Yeah, fixes it right up. A left hook. That's what they mean when they say to apply pressure to a wound. <laughs> yeah. Steady, drop kick it. Ste- steady pressure over time is fine. You can deliver all of that force at once. <laughs> it's, like, it's like cooking a turkey at 10,000 degrees for one second. <laughs> it can be done. <laughs> it will be cooked. <laughs> You can also just pile a lot of tests and things on the wound with really short deadlines. There's a lot of ways to get pressure. <laughs> uh, so can, after he's... You can raise the wound in a society with un- unrealistic expectations of it. Yeah. You can, you can call the wound's parents on the phone. You can teach the wound to be a high achiever and then set it in an environment where that's not possible. Make it, <laughs> make it pick a career when it's 18 years old. And make sure that the path to that career is so prohibitively expensive that if it picked wrong, it's still stuck there. Like, there's no going back. <laughs> We're good doctors, I think. I don't know any better ones. Do you? <laughs> nope. But that is also because I have not met a doctor in a long time. Same. Met, do you mean met in a social context or met, like, any kind as, of context? As a patient. I see. <clears throat> yeah like i hear that they exist but they're they may as well be mythological they're pretty wily they're they're out there <laughs> they frighten easy they're out there they're within they're within walking distance i got i got one for everything gordy's hoarding all the doctors that's why you and i don't get to, get to go to doctors <laughs> yeah lymphs one for that endocrines got one for that i don't even know if i have those it, well you'll you'll never know unless you go <laughs> every every human is different <laughs> we're also a grab bag <laughs> just a grab bag of parts 
Um, so the night after he saves the crane, a woman just shows up at his door and says, Hey, uh, nice to meet you. I'm your wife now. Nope. Oh. Which is how cats get adopted, so I guess I guess that's its own kind of pressure. Yeah. You just kinda show up and be like, I live here now. Reverse Uno. Is this what Miyazaki san's new movie is about? I think so. That's a heron, but a heron is a crane. Yeah. Isn't it? According to our taxonomy, yeah. According to us. I think those are maybe both birds that stand in water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both tall and big. Which makes them quacks. Yes. Te- tex, tex, taxonomically, <laughs> they are quacks. Uh, so the guy's like, whoa, 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 wives are expensive, and I'm a poor, so I don't really know about this whole situation. Um, thanks, but, but no thanks. Uh, but she says, don't even worry about it. Uh, this particular wife comes with limited time offer a sack of rice. So we're good. That makes you unpoor. Yeah, it's going to keep us fed. You're good. I wish cats came with their own sacks of food. <laughs> like, I'm moving in here. I did bring my own kibble. Instead of a bird. Yeah. A dead bird. Or just expectations and poop. <laughs> Looking at you, Cricket. Yeah, what if cats could just go out there and sow rice fields for us? They wouldn't. They probably could. <laughs> rice rice fields is maybe particularly a bad one for cats. Yeah, it's very squelchy. They they would have to get very wet. <laughs> I think I think you could get them to do an orchard because that attracts birds, so it's a win win. Yeah. yeah, it'll it'll that's, pay well, dividends for them. them. Yeah, it'll it'll pay off for the cats before it pays off for us. It's a while for those trees to reach fruit bearing age, but they can bear birds like right off the bat. <laughs> I love bird bearing trees. <laughs> Uh, so this particular rice sack never goes down and is always full. And indeed, both of these things f- were necessary to summarize in this very bare-bones summary of the story. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've heard about this bag of rice holding before. Probably. That sounds familiar to me. You think it's the same bag? Like It, it has ships to be. Around? There's just one bag of infinite rice. Yeah, why would you make two? It's infinite rice. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the next day, and again, this is like ev- the rice bag never goes down and is always full. So this is like after every day of noticing this. So I don't. So really, by saying the next day after giving us a long time <laughs> specification thing, it just means at some unspecified future point. Yeah, the next uh, day after several years. Right. <laughs> who, who the hell knows? Good job, summary. Um, so at some unspecified future point, the uh, woman says, Hey, I'm going to go into a room to make something and don't come in until I'm finished. So is it like his birthday's coming up? I don't know. Surprise it's like, present? It's just like a time. That's she's going to go hang out in her craft room. And she doesn't want anyone in there. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, so she spends seven days in there. Seven solid crafting days. So it does sound pretty fun. Um, and then she comes out with a beautiful piece of clothing. What'd she make? 
A beautiful piece of clothing. Underwear. The fanciest underwear. So many lace the, bits. The, the long, oh, not the long johns. Could be the long johns, also covered in lace. It's scale Ooh. mail. <laughs> a, a hard, scaly surface to sleep it's on. It's full plate underwear. That is... That <laughs> is probably good for your back i think you could forge you could forge like a lumbar scale into it yeah that'd be good a back like a posture correcting underpants yeah (laughs) we could all do with that i think probably full human brace uh she is very skinny now which may or may not have something to do with seven days of hanging out in a, a she shed craft room <laughs> thing presumably not eating from the infinite bag of rice which stops mattering as soon as it's mentioned <clears throat> we don't care about it anymore uh so she gives the um lumbar support underwear to the man to go sell it in the markets for a big sum because it's a fine look piece at of it. clothing. Yeah, like, this is going to kill on Shark Tank, so get out there. He it is could literally a... be used to kill as a bludgeoning implement. Yeah. It's quite heavy. Um, he is not nearly as foolish as the, the Jack of Jack and the Beanstalk fame, so he does actually, like, successfully sell this piece of clothing <laughs> for a decent sum. And they're rich now. Hooray! Not two beans. Yeah. No, he went on Shark Tank and he got the deal. Great. So they're doing just fine. They have unlimited rice and many money. (laughs) But she now has the crafting itch. It was very pleasant to spend seven days undisturbed in a room. So she once again goes and locks herself into the room. Back to the crane cave. Tyler, spoilers. Uh, This time... (laughs) What's a spoiler? (laughs) This is a mystery woman. (laughs) Couldn't possibly have anything to do with the crane that he punched to health. Just unrelated events that we were told about. Much Um, like the infinite rice and underwear. They have nothing to do with one another. Correct. Um, So he can't keep his nose out of her business this time, so he does himself a little peek. And oh shit, it's a crane. Presumably, because she's in a craft room, it's a crane with a cricket machine. She's really getting into that vinyl cutting. Uh, when she first entered the room and said, um, I'm going to make something and don't come in until it's done. Uh, I was going to say, like, are there any other famous fairy tale tropes we want to cram into this one sentence? Uh, and I was going to suggest the animal A-team. And then I remembered she's probably a fucking crane. So that already counts. <laughs> yeah, she's she is the single team member. <laughs> Uh, so she sees that he has figured out her secret identity, and she's like, well, this whole marriage is over. I can't stay here anymore. I <laughs> don't need to shame. give you reasons. Yeah, like, we're just, we're done now. And then she flies away and never comes back. I don't know if that counts as divorce, or if they are still married and he <coughs> just doesn't get to see her. But she's gone now. It's a trial separation. Yeah. It's hard to get a crane to agree to go to counseling. It is. Yeah, by the time you get the crane to go to counseling, really, the relationship's already over. It's also hard to get a counselor to agree to counsel a crane. They are large water birds, which are notoriously arm-breaky. <laughs> you should try it here. I got one of those, too. 
walking distance. I got a bird psychologist. Damn. Yeah, so that's, that's all. That's all. That's all Harvard does now. <laughs> MIT, all those big schools. Just bird psychology. Just, just bird sciences. They built that dog robot and got bored. Moved on to bird science. Or they started listening to this podcast and realized, <clears throat> shit, what are birds up to? We're and, behind uh, schedule. A, yeah, this is just a species preservation for us. Like, they did knock out the fairies from the world, so, oh shit, we gotta figure out what's going on with Who's the next? birds now. Yeah, it's probably us. So it's the variants of this particular story that start to get a little bit weird. Uh, so we got the Crane Wife, which Wikipedia sourced from Family of Earth and Sky, Indigenous Tales from Around the World, published in 1994. Yeah. Uh, this one is missing the surprise I'm your wife factor, and I think maybe also misses the whole punched her better after Hunter shot her or whatever. Um, in this one, a man um, falls in love with a woman and marries her, but she is secretly a crane wandering around in a people suit. So instead of her showing up on his doorstep, uh, he's just fallen in with the wrong wife. In <laughs> uh, this one, when she goes into her secret craft room, she's plucking her own feathers to weave silk brocade. Uh, my study <clears throat> of weaving is limited. Like, I took a class and I read The Fabric of Civilization and I've messed up a lot of selvages on a mini loom <laughs> and that's about where I stand. But I don't think feather make brocade. Well, that's why it takes seven whole days <laughs> to really work it together. I guess, yeah. Like, to get feather into thread would be a bit of a feat. Um, the man sells the brocade for cash money. And the wife keeps getting increasingly ill as she continues to make brocade. Uh, he discovers her true identity. We can decide how. Because the story, the summary does not tell us. Okay. Maybe they just assumed it was the exact same way. It's quite possible that he just did a peep. But I'm <laughs> sure we can come up with more fun. He set a series of traps. Home Alone style. When she was brushing her teeth one morning, he noticed she had wings. And no teeth. <laughs> and a beak and was a crane. <laughs> like, is that, have you always... <laughs> Man, makeup really changes a woman, huh? And then he put his um, glasses on and she looked normal. Because she just taped a magazine cut out to his glasses. Ah, <laughs> uh, there she is, my lovely unmoving wife. <laughs> right, right where I left her. Like, every day. <laughs> She's always right in front of me, still that, and smiling. Doing that one pose in her bikini. <laughs> um, and they discover the nature of her illness, and he's really bummed about it. <clears throat> so he tells her to please stop literally making cloth from your body. And she says, no, I do this for love. I don't care that you're a crane. I love you. Please stop killing yourself. And she says, no. I, I have to do this because of love. And he's like, you know, you can you can do the love part without the sacrificing the body part. Which I think is a decent lesson. Yeah, that's great. Right. Like, there are other ways to show love that don't require literally burning yourself up for the yeah. other person. Um, but apparently, according to the summary, the story does not agree 
and it states that this man is a wrong idiot man fool for saying this. <laughs> because if you live without sacrifice for somebody else, you don't deserve to be with the crane. I guess I don't deserve to be with the crane. I learned this today. Yeah. About myself. Look, story, there are degrees of sacrifice. <laughs> Right? Like, every relationship requires that you have to, like, you can't just go on like you're single once you have tied yourself to another person. It does require some give, some sacrifice. Um, That sacrifice does not need to be literally make yourself sick and tear off bits of your body to financially support the other person. And when the other person says, hey, I don't want that from you, I'd rather, like, you live longer and healthier so that we can spend time together. Uh, uh, The answer to that is not, you're an idiot child and you don't deserve me. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) If you don't deserve me at my plucked, you don't deserve (laughs) me at my full feathered. What's the exchange rate? Of what, feathered to life? Yeah. Seems to be pretty poor. How many many are we talking? I'm going to say days. Days of feather? It's one feather a, is days one, of life. Yeah, it's a day to feather ratio. I see. But it takes a lot of feathers to brocade. Especially if you have to spin those feathers into fiber somehow. Alright, so there's now a series of other variants that appear to be pulled from um, Ancient Tales in Modern Japan, an anthology of Japanese folk tales by Fanny Hagen Mayer. Um, and this is... This is a quick shot of absolute fucking nonsense. <laughs> Great. Cool. <clears throat> All right. First up, we have the copper pheasant wife. In this one, she doesn't weave cloth and is presumably also a copper pheasant instead of a crane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she gives a feather to make an arrow that the guy gets rewarded for. Uh, that makes sense on the feather end. I don't know what kind of reward you get for an arrow. <laughs> Does he hunt with it? Does he give it to somebody and get a medal? He sells it. How much can an arrow be worth, even if it's really cool? A single arrow? Yeah. Are they trading the same arrows around? Is he ruining the local arrow economy? (laughs) Is this an arrow NFT? Why did that one crane have the rice bag? I don't know. It didn't come (laughs) up ever again. (laughs) How'd the crane get that, by the way? If we could remember what other story had the infinite rice bag... (laughs) We might we might be able to take like make the connection. I'm sure our listeners follow the trajectory, yeah. Especially in the Discord, can answer that question for us because they once again know our show better than we do. So <laughs> we might get it. Yeah, how'd that crank get that? Yeah, tell us Discord <laughs> to help us out. Anyway, back to this copper arrow yeah. wife. Uh, I assume that's the only major difference in the story is it's arrows instead uh, the bird wife uh, now we're dealing with a goose the goose weaves and then disappears and then he finds her in a local <laughs> pond I thought you were going to say pub for a second no but that would be hilarious <laughs> so she's just hanging out in the pond and she tells him hey I was trying to repay your kindness and uh, that cloth I wove for you is child support now uh, hard to tell from this brief summary if he knew he was a dad already, like if they'd been together long <laughs> enough for a child to happen, or if she just sprung parenthood on him before flying away, because she does 
after being like that cloth will pay for our kid uh she i do gotta go there yeah (laughs) you are in charge of raising that child from this point onward bye mama's gotta hit up the pod uh and the next one it's the fox wife so now it's fox time um the fox does not make cloth or arrows or anything like that uh but uses her tail to sweep the floors so she just very tidy made fox now when the man discovers that she is a fox presumably by seeing her sweep the floors with her tail uh he drives her away like some kind of an asshole so I hope he chokes on the dust from his dirty ass floors when she's not there to sweep up for him. I hope she said that too. Yeah, because like in the others, the the bird woman's like, "Ah, oh, you figured out my secret. I gotta go." But in this one, he drove her away. So screw him. <clears throat> I think that we can say definitively that that man is not a furry. No, he didn't pass the test. Because fox is like the easiest test. Yeah, that's the starter kit. Yeah, and that is, like, baseline furry uh, waifu material. All right, our next one is the clam wife. And this one, a (laughs) woman mysteriously shows up at his door and they become married. Uh, I presume because there is nothing on TV. Hard to say. She makes. Is there a plant that does that, like mistletoe? Uh, Like, if you... Like, if you walk under it, you just become married? (laughs) I assume so, because that seems to be the implication with a lot of these things. It's like, we're in proximity for a short period of time, and now we're wed. Lifelong contract, here we go. I guess that's why we f- we throw the bouquet. To get it, like, get it away from us. We <laughs> yeah. already did it. I succumbed to your curse, flower pile. <laughs> this this has become poisonous now. <laughs> now. Now curse the next woman. <laughs> um, so, this woman... Makes him her specialty, a bean soup, every day. And it is absolutely fucking incredible. Delicious soup. Uh, and what, he's What kind of bean? Unclear. So, wildly speculate to your heart's desire. Maybe it changes every day and that's how it doesn't get boring. Yeah, just like subtle shifts in the flavor profile. Just enough to keep it interesting. Uh, so he peeks in on her cooking and he discovers... That she is pissing in the soup. Oh. That would uh, spice it up as well, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so she's a clam now. And the soup was tasting good what, oh. because she was pissing clam juice into it. I see. For that umami clam juice flavor, I guess. Uh, he drives her away. Unlike the fox wife situation, that seems like a much more reasonable response. <laughs> but he liked the soup. It was good soup. But now he is a piss drinker. And he didn't consent to that. <clears throat> a clam piss drinker. Yeah, that's, that's fair, but some self-reflection might show that maybe you like that. <laughs> I mean, it's possible he regrets. Yeah, uh, it's possible he regrets his decision later on and realizes he has a new (laughs) soup clam fetish. Yeah, one day he just finds himself pining for that soup. He's like, "Who am I? (laughs) What have I become? (laughs) What has happened to me?" And he goes on goes on Reddit to see if strangers can answer questions about his sexuality based on a a random feeling he's had. So, up next we have Fishwife. 
Uh, in this one, the fisherman uh, releases a bonus fish that he didn't need because he is not a greedy boy. He had enough. And so this one can go free. Uh, a woman shows up and begs to be his wife after this incident. Which, look, lady, apparently you can just show up on a doorstep and tell someone that you're <laughs> you're the wife now. So don't, if, you don't have to You're beg. the wife now, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> if you enter the abode fast enough. <laughs> before the door closes. You, you live there now. Legally married. Especially if there's flowers nearby. Uh, this uh, woman also makes a suspiciously good bean soup and also achieves that by pissing in it. And I am assuming that underwater culinary school is a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> like, you go you go to underwater cooking classes and they teach you one type of soup and it's beans. And the flavor is piss. I mean, I guess the presence of urine is just something you gotta get used to when you're underwater. Yeah, like everything's gonna be at least slightly flavored with it because that's like just, where it's else all is it gonna go? Yeah, it just kind of floats around, so they don't think anything of it. They're like, if you can get it like all up in there, it's pretty salty. Get a nice depth of flavor in your underwater soup. Do you think fish have air toilets? Where they like? I hope so. <laughs> well, hmm, that's quite an arms race. Because <laughs> they're because they're kind of just race. recycling. Uh, a bunch of the stuff that we dump right back into the air. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think gravity kind of works against an air toilet in in the water world. Listen, I don't know what's going on at the bottom of the ocean, and none of us do. There might be air toilets down there. It's possible. It's just like pumping it up into into the atmosphere. So if you ever see a pipe that just kind of goes up. That's what geysers are. Oh, uh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> It's a, it's a fish septic tank exploding. <laughs> no, the septic tank exploding is the volcano situation. <laughs> That's when the pressure's built too high. Yeah. They haven't had the maintenance. Time for a new island. <laughs> I mean, if we can make islands out of garbage, sure, <laughs> they can make islands <laughs> out of molten fish poop. It's a completely reasonable world that we've just built here. No no notes. As always. So in this case, the fellow waits until dinner to allude to her cooking method. I don't know if he is, like, actively eating while he's making, like, snide remarks about it. But apparently it's an illusion and not, like, a direct confrontation. Because um, she realizes that he knows about her secret piss ingredient. Like, how how would you bring that up at dinner exactly? <laughs> if we're not going to do a direct confrontation and you're just going to wait until the mid middle of the meal to very subtly hint that you know that the cook is pissing in the soup. Like, how do you bring that up subtly? Very carefully. Well, yeah, obviously. I was just curious if, if like, playing the scenario out a little bit. I would say one letter at a time. Putting on napkins <laughs> each day. <laughs> well, that's a lot of piss soup you're eating. Can you can you get them into a Scrabble match? <laughs> it's like, uh, honey, we're gonna play a game over dinner. And Replace then, and their of, wordle with it. 
Yeah. It's just like every word that the the fellow plays in Scrabble, he's like cheated the tiles. Every word is is piss. Some, someone has created a a bespoke four letters version of Scrabble, and you have to get this person to subscribe to it. <laughs> uh, so once she realizes he knows about the secret piss ingredient, she's like, "I have to go home now," <laughs> which I guess is as graceful a way to get out of that conversation as possible um and then she says but come visit me at the pond tomorrow so he does which i guess would just be kind of a morbid curiosity at that point like what else am i gonna do uh and she says look i'm a fish because she is a fish at this point uh, <laughs> i am the fish that you saved and i wanted to repay the favor for saving my life i assume that she has had the moment to reflect since their Scrabble game, that uh, piss soup is not the best way to repay a favor. So she disappears into the water and leaves behind a box of gold and silver. So Which is I... a pretty good way to repay a favor. Yeah. Amongst uh, the ways to do so. I don't know why you do the fish uh, the fish piss interlude ahead of time. Maybe that's her you, fetish. You do want to try to save the gold and silver for yourself, if you don't need to part with it. Yeah, like, uh, pissing into soup is a more economic way to say thank you. <laughs> well, it is, it is that. You can't say there are no disadvantages. Or no advantages. And our last variant is the snake wife. Unless one, a woman shows up at a widower's house, just kind of seeking Airbnb accommodations, not necessarily going in for the full marriage contract. Uh, but they do become married. Which sounds like it's an accident, but that might just be the summary. <laughs> I do appreciate that the one constant is wife. Yeah. And it seems like largely by accident or just inevitability. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than a falling in love situation. Just like proximity wife. Um, and the wife does become a pregnant. So she warns him not to check in on her during the birth times. That's her craft room experience, is making a baby. <laughs> is um, crafting a child? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he does anyway, and while any time that you watch a birth happening, you will see things that you cannot unsee, uh, this time he sees, fuck, you're a snake. <laughs> and she says, yeah, I am. And now that you've seen that... I have to go. Do you mind? I'm birthing over here. Uh, enjoy your new child. And she apparently gives her child her own two eyeballs for nourishment. Because she can't stick <laughs> around to feed it. Which I guess is a kindness. <laughs> like, I can't give you... Is the child a snake? Uh, unclear from the summary. <laughs> um, but it has been fed on eyeballs. Which makes up for the, the months of mother's milk that it would otherwise be receiving so those are some damn fine eyeballs i guess full of milk um i don't know maybe it just eats mice at this point like you give it the little pinkies like it's a human baby but it eats pinkies and it does coil around them it yeah which is very weird to see um, never learns to crawl just slithers yeah it does just kind of slither um the kid grows up to take care of his blind mother. 
I assume that there's a whole story in between there, but that's not necessarily true from what we have read of folk tales. It could just be like he ate eyeballs and then he was a grown adult taking care of his blind mom that he found somehow. Absentee eyeless snake mom. He went and found her. I'm sure that there could be a very heartfelt story about like the reuniting of snake mom and eyeball baby, but... <laughs> I, I don't know that the whatever the folk tale is that this variant uh, pulls from includes that. So, you know, just fodder to consider, I suppose. And that is our wild trip through the variations of the uh, the crane wife or the crane's return of a favor. A lot of omens importance to pick through for your new year <laughs> is it a piss and yeah, soup kind of year is it a feed your eyeballs to a baby kind of year i do want the listeners to pick a favorite and let us yeah. know which one they're going to take into the new year with them this is like your zodiac sign yeah literally <laughs> right, how many animals did we miss <laughs> can we just make up some wives real quick i'm sure we could hi cricket the only bummer thing about this mic setup is that Cricket's loud mouth is below its, like, <laughs> recording level. And unless she decides to jump into my lap, which is a rarity on its own, her screams will go unheeded by the podcast. Uh, did either of you guys have a favorite wife? I think I like the fish wife, just because <laughs> of the... <laughs> the um... I mean, if I had to pick a wife, it'd be the fox wife. Mm-hmm. I hate sweeping. And foxes are red. Sure. Um, but like <laughs> you, as far as... You passed as, the test. Yeah. Like we'd stay married. It'd be fine. Um, <laughs> but as far as like the stories and the attitudes go, I think Fishwife is my favorite just because of the, oh, I was trying to be nice to you by pissing in your soup, but I guess you could have money instead. <laughs> this could just be an instance of the first version of something you experience ends up being your favorite version of it. But I do really like the first grain wife. And it's probably just because of the elements that we added, like the underwear and the punching of a wound. But <laughs> So you like your own contender. jokes about the first grade life? Yeah, I just like to hear myself talk, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I did some really good talking back there. Which wife would you choose, Gordy? Would I choose? Or is your favorite, like, which one resonated? Hmm. Uh, Crane Wife is a, is a strong contender. Um, fish Fish Wife is a good phrase. <laughs> Snake Wife was pretty uninvolved, <laughs> and that's potentially good depending on where you're at. I guess I think I'm maintenance. What was that, Tyler? I, I was just. I think I'm most intrigued by Clam Wife. Yeah, Clam Wife has, like, where did you come from? She was the most mysterious of the wives. Because <laughs> she I just kind of showed Clam up. Wife for that reason. <laughs> no one helped her. He didn't, like, fall in love yeah. with a woman who <laughs> yeah, was secretly she, a clam. She just showed up. She came and went on the wind, <laughs> pissing all the while. <laughs> yeah, even their marriage seemed to just kind of happen. Just because... So thank you, Fry, for yes, suggesting you. This, uh, this series of tales as we march ever closer to episode 400. 
Uh, thank you to everybody for listening to the show. I hope you've all had a good new year so far. Um, and I hope that our podcast has not uh, given you dark portents for the future <laughs> with its many piss wives. Thank you to our patrons for sponsoring our show and keeping us active. Uh, thank you to our top tier patrons, Realistic Duck, Badger McGee, Five-Headed Snake God, Allison, Frog Whisperer, Lucky, Lord of Dragons, Biblio Princess, Midori, Becca, Lobster No Longer, Haley Revolution 2024, Child Pandemonium, Awkward, Help, the Haley's have me, I'm Haley, <laughs> Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Spaghetto, Caitlin, Yule Buck did nothing wrong, justice for Yule Buck, Yule Girl Olwen, Allie, Knife Dad, Cobus Cat, Crossing over the border into August feels strange. She's almost there, but still so much farther to go. Before her now is... Let's see if there's any more. Or if Patreon just cuts it off. Nope, that's it. Um, <laughs> versus me, your local fursona inspector. Pyrus, Nathan the Scott, a secret brother who gives birth to dolls. High Listus of Wimbus, a certain man, dubi- a dubious little creature. Haley is campaigning for all patrons to become Haley's. There are more of us than there are of you. Ao the Nightmare, Lily, Izzy, and also Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. We're what the folklore, and that's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.